Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. What's up, everybody? We're going to go ahead, uh, get this show started. Welcome on in. Uh, everybody, come on in. I know uh, I'm a little late putting this out. Um overslept a little bit when I took a nap earlier today, uh, kind of trying to get some rest and things like that. Uh, so I'm actually, you know, in the process of trying to, um, you know, share this show out to everybody. So that way everybody knows, um, what's coming up and things like that. So that way, you know, what's going on, but yeah, we're definitely going to get ready to get the show started in just a few minutes. And uh, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk about some standouts from the senior bowl. Uh, as I, as I watched uh, a couple of days of practices, just trying to see who stood out uh, in the senior bowl, who I think could make potentially good Titan players uh, going forward. Then also we're going to have a debate O-line versus D-line, I mean, uh, O-line versus wide receiver, and then add a little bit of Brock Bowers into this since he came out saying that he wants to be a Tennessee Titan. And and so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. And then as more of you come in, uh, go ahead and make sure y'all share this show out uh, to everybody to let everybody know where they can come and get the very best Titans uh, content and some of the very best football content. And then we're going to preview the Super Bowl, the big game, as y'all see on the graphic, Allegiant Stadium. Big game is this week, is Sunday, 49ers Chiefs. We're going to talk about that a little bit, and I'm going to give my prediction on who I think is going to win this game and why. So we're going to go ahead and get the show started, make sure everybody can hear me good, and we're going to get the show started in less than 60 seconds. Titan Nation, how's everybody doing? Welcome into TNT tonight. 
I'm your host, Chris, a.k.a. Blue Enforcer, and we're going to have a very good episode for you on this evening. Uh, as we it's, it's the big game, the big week. Super Bowl week is here and upon us. And so, uh, everybody, I'm asking if you could please go ahead and share that show out. Uh, you could definitely follow on uh, Facebook at TNT Enforcers. Also on uh, Instagram at Titans underscore N underscore Truth. And then also on Twitter at uh, on Twitter X at TNT Blue Enforcer. Definitely make sure y'all follow me there. And uh, you will be uh, more than happy that you did and uh, definitely will make sure that you don't regret it. And so um, make sure you definitely share that show out. And uh, also, everybody, make sure everybody as y'all are coming on in, make sure y'all go ahead and smash that like button. Go ahead and smash the like button for me. And then also, if you're new to the channel, uh, definitely make sure you subscribe to the channel. So if you're here, welcome. And if you're already a fan of the page, welcome back. And uh, make sure you all subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already, hit that uh, bell and hit all on your notifications. So that way you know when I do go live. And uh, also, I'm going to get back to making sure all of my episodes get out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, and Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Um, you know, wherever you get your podcast streaming from, you can definitely listen anytime on those as well. I'm going to try to get those uh, uploaded definitely by tomorrow. So I'm definitely trying to catch up on some things. Uh, been kind of out of the loop for a minute, but I am definitely back in. So I definitely do appreciate everybody uh, being with us. I saw uh, a few people coming on in. Uh, Miss Miss Cersei, how you doing? Welcome. And then we got Danny Bear. Daniel Barry Sports Highlights, what up? I know some more of you are going to come on in as we get ready to get started and everything. So, y'all come on in, make yourselves at home, and we're going to have a good time. So, first things first, of course, um, I'm going to talk about the uh, the news that definitely came out. And this was right after I went off the air. I did a very quick, I did a short uh, right when it came out. that the Titans hired former Browns offensive line coach Bill Callahan, the father of of head coach Brian Callahan, uh, to be the new offensive line coach for the Tennessee Titans. And I think this is a absolutely fantastic uh, addition to the staff. And it's very unique because we have seen, I believe, I believe this is seven times that a father and son have coached together on the same team. But this is the very first time that a son hires his father to join his staff. Most of the time, most of the time you have it where it is the father hiring the son. This time it's the son hiring the father. Very first time that has happened in NFL history. And I think this could pay tremendous dividends for this Tennessee Titans team. And I think this is a chance that you could truly turn a weakness into possibly a strength uh, with that. So Bill Callahan, welcome to Nashville. Welcome to the Tennessee Titans. And I also want to give a shout out to Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns. Got to give a shout out to them because class act by that organization because Bill Callahan was under contract to be the offensive line coach 
for the bill for the Browns going forward. He was, uh, I know they let go of their offensive coordinator, their running back coach. They let go of a couple of coaches. Bill Callahan was not one of them, and they weren't going to let him go. But I think Stefanski and the um, Browns brass thought this is a unique situation that, you know, hey, he gets a chance to go coach with his son. And, you know, the Browns did not hold Bill Callahan back. I think Bill Callahan even said he wanted to work with his son. And I mean, again, I gotta give a I gotta give a good golf clap to the Cleveland Browns. Very, very class uh, by that organization uh, to allow him to go and uh, be able to join this staff uh, with his son. Because I mean, he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the league, and the Browns typically have a very, very good offensive line. So I know that's a pretty big loss for them, but class the way that they did it to where father and son can coach together so that that was pretty cool so now you have a offensive coordinator in nick holtz which i'm not very high on on that one but we'll see defensive coordinator in denard wilson from the ravens i really like that one um of course the, the aforementioned bill callahan as uh, offensive line coach, Tyke Tolbert as wide receiver coach, and then you have Steven Jackson who will be over the secondary, and Frank Bush who will be over the linebackers. So right now the off the staff is starting to slowly come together. We still need to see who's going to be the quarterback coach, uh, who's going to be the quarterback coach uh, for this team, and then of course as I mentioned last week, Justin Auden who was the uh, running backs coach and run game coordinator, actually does have a chance to stick and stay on uh, this team and stay in here as a uh, running backs uh, coach and coordinator. So that's going to be very interesting to see how all of this plays out as far as the staff is concerned. But again, shout out to the Cleveland Browns for that. But Let's talk Senior Bowl. Now, the Senior Bowl has come and gone, uh, but a lot of people don't really pay attention to the game itself. They look at the practices. That's what a lot of, you know, a lot of coaches, a lot of general managers, a lot of scouts, uh, that's what they're looking at. They look at the practices, the one-on-ones and things like that. Now, I know a, quite a few people made a big deal. Rand Carthon, our general manager, was not, at the Senior Bowl, neither was Brian Callahan, but they were still in Nashville trying to fill out the staff, uh, trying to help fill out the staff. But uh, Assistant General Manager Chad Brinker was down in Mobile along with some of the scouts. And, of course, again, you know, it's seriously giving a hand clap as well as Lou Man uh, giving a clap to the Cleveland Browns. And so... Chad Brinker, our assistant general manager, was there along with some of our scouts looking at players. And, you know, I was able to watch the first couple of days of practice. I did not get to watch the third day, but I did get some, uh, I did get a list of a few guys that I thought stood out uh, to me that I just, I really, really liked and I thought consistently showed up in, uh, showed up to me. Now, again, this is not the best players, according to the NFL. These are guys that I think are good according 
to me according to the truth. So this is what I'm looking at right now. Of course, I looked at day one and day two, and I'm really looking at some guys that I just thought consistently showed up um, all over the map. I'm going to start with the wide receiver. And also, uh, there's a couple of DBs on there as well that I um, I thought actually showed a couple of things. Um, I'm going to start with the wide receivers. One is uh, a kid out of Michigan, Roman Wilson. Man, this kid is fast. He's fast, can play the slot. I don't know if he'll be able to play outside, but this kid can get separation. Very, very fluid receiver. I, I really am liking him. He could be somewhere in the second or third round. Uh, I, I was really a fan of him. I just thought he consistently showed up, uh, definitely. Another guy that I was impressed with, another slot guy, Lab McConkley from Georgia. I mean, if the Titans are not very happy with Kyle Phillips, then I could definitely see Lab McConkley or Roman Wilson being the type of guy that the Titans wouldn't mind taking um at some point um another guy that i was definitely impressed with uh brennan rice the son of jerry rice uh day one he looked pretty good day two um i really didn't see a lot of him but i definitely do think that brennan rice i think can follow in his father's footsteps and uh really become a very solid receiver and i think he's a guy because i mean jerry rice wasn't picked in the first round and that guy's a hall of famer probably the greatest wide receiver of all time without a doubt not probably is the greatest wide receiver of all time let me correct myself uh another guy that definitely stood out to me uh jamari thrash uh from louisville uh definitely could get uh, deep, can get consistent. Um, something he could probably run a couple of inside routes, could still use a little polishing, but I definitely was a fan of his game um, as well. And then one more guy that I kind of mentioned, well, there was Javon Baker from uh, Central Florida. Nice, good, tall receiver that, um, that can definitely, um, you know, get after it and get deep as well. Luke McCaffrey is another one. I put him in the same boat as Roman Wilson and Lab McConkley. I mean, Luke McCaffrey, the son of Ed McCaffrey, and he has an older brother, Christian McCaffrey, who is going to be in the Super Bowl of uh, this Sunday. And then I liked a little bit of Johnny Wilson uh, from um, Florida State. Uh, big, tall guy. I know they really, I think some of the uh, – NFL pundits want to kind of convert him to tight end and be like an H-back, more of a tight end because he's kind of big. He's not overly fast, but he's gonna he will be a huge red zone threat. He's a guy that if you're in the red zone, put him out there and just throw him up a ball. He's six foot seven, should be able to get over most guys. So I definitely did like them. Uh a couple of corners that stood out to me, uh defensive backs. One Quinion Mitchell from Toledo. That dude was a ball hawk. And, you know, he was the guy that looked like could go in the second round. He might borderline go first round and could be one of the first corners taken along with Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, so I could definitely see him really rising up the boards, especially at Combine. He's a guy that I think could sneak 
into the top 15, maybe close to the top 10. And he's a guy, you know, with the combine, that's where you're really going to see a lot of risers. And that can help the Titans as far as a big-time player coming down a bit to where the Titans could possibly trade down and still get an impact player. So that's something I could definitely see. Another corner I liked, um, Cam Hart from Notre Dame. Uh, he jumped a couple of routes uh, during the practices and uh, really either stopped the pass or picked it off. So I was definitely very impressed with his frame. He's like 6'3". I think mean, he's a guy that looks like he might go in like the fourth, third or fourth round. He's definitely a guy I wouldn't mind picking up. He's a guy that I think could potentially become a starter somewhere in this league. And one other cornerback that I noticed late, I saw some film on him, uh, thanks to A to Z Films, James Foster, is uh, Andrew Phillips from Kentucky. Uh, I thought was all over the place, uh, you know, stopping ball, batting down balls and things like that. So that was another guy. I didn't have him listed, but was a guy that I kind of was like, mm, okay. And I don't know if I mentioned Malachi Corley. I thought he did some good things too. But on to the meat, and that is the offensive and defensive line. And I'm going to start with defensive line. A couple of guys that definitely stood out to me. Um, one was Tavondre Sweat from Texas. I mean, that dude is a freaking man amongst boys. Literally. He was easily getting penetration, easily getting pressure, getting into the backfield. There was a video he was going up against another guy that I had listed uh, at center that I thought could be pretty good, Bo Lemur from Arkansas, and this dude pushed him back and put him on his knees and nearly just basically put him on the ground. Tavondre Sweat is a freaking man-child. He's definitely going to go in the first round and uh, could be the first defensive tackle taken uh, in this situation. I mean, probably the best defensive tackle in this draft. Another guy that I liked, Gabe Hall from Baylor. I mean, consistently was getting to the backfield early on day one. I think as the days went by, I think offensive linemen went back and saw some stuff and was able to counter. And so... I thought, um, but I did think that Gabe Hall, very impressive, maybe could be a late-round pick, a guy that could be a good depth piece behind Big Jeff and behind Danico Autry if they re-sign him, uh, which I think they should. And that could be uh, a nice added piece uh, for this Tennessee Titans uh, defense. Another guy that definitely stood out to me as well, Braden Fisk from Florida State. I like this kid, too. This guy showed some fight, uh, definitely showed um, you know, some penetration skills. May need to develop a secondary move and things like that. But if you do something like that, you're going to be able to find a place because you're going to need depth pieces along the defensive line. But on the offensive line, which I think is something everybody wants to talk about, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way now. A couple of guys... Uh, a guy that I don't think the Titans will draft, but I was very impressed with, Talese Fuaga uh, from Oregon State, I think is probably the best right tackle in this draft. 
And I think he's primarily going to be a right tackle, even though he has said he could play, you know, a lot of different positions, could even play left. I didn't see him at the Senior Bowl really get work at left tackle. He mainly was getting work at right tackle. So, I mean, if you get a left tackle in free agency, maybe trade down a little bit, you could get Fuaga at right tackle and you would be okay. Um, Another guy that I was very impressed with, um, Jackson Powers Johnson. I mean, he's ready to play center tomorrow. Literally, is ready to play center. And I really think I would not be mad if the Titans went Joe Alt at seven and Jackson Powers Johnson at 38. I would not be mad one bit because then you have center to left center to your left side completely locked up for the next decade, for your next 10 to 12 years. With Alt, Skaronsky, Jackson Powers, Johnson, you are set on that side of the offensive line, and then you patch together the right side. You patch together the right side. And I think the Tennessee Titans would be fine if they did do that. Now, it'd be nice if they could maybe trade back in the second round, get an extra pick, and maybe still get Jackson Powers Johnson, and then you could get a receiver maybe either late second, early third, uh, something like that. I wouldn't mind, but Jackson Powers Johnson is that dude. Um, Another guy that I was very impressed with, um, Roger Rosengarten from Washington. Um. I saw him a little bit in the uh, in the playoff. Was a a uh, a pretty steady lineman. Uh, definitely looks like he could. I think he better fit at right tackle. He did show he could get some work in at left tackle as well. But I think he's better as a right tackle. He might be a guy that you could get maybe on day two or day three. Uh, that could be a guy that could potentially become a starter or at least could be a swing uh, tackle. Uh, could be a swing tackle, could place on either side if something happens with a Joe Alt or Olu if you pick him or anything like that. So I definitely did like him. Um, another guy that kind of stood out to me, um, I was kind of up and down on Tyler Guyton. I was definitely up and down on him uh, from Oklahoma. Uh, I think he's primarily a right tackle. I think sometimes he can get a little stiff in his stance and kind of, you know, you want to get lower than a defensive lineman. Sometimes I think he stands up a bit, which makes it easier for a defensive tackle to get into his chest and be able to control him. So I have to see a little bit more, watch a little bit more tape, a little bit more film on him. But I was kind of iffy on him. Um. Another guy that I definitely liked that was impressed with, um, Christian Jones, right tackle from Texas. I was extremely impressed with him. Like, I would love to get him in the fourth round and be a guy that could – I think he has better potential than Tyler Guyton, in my honest opinion. And I think Christian Jones, if he has a good combine, he could get up into that, you know – third round, maybe even late second round uh, conversation. Because remember, this is a very, very deep tackle and wide receiver draft. It is 
there's a lot of good tackles. So we don't necessarily have to go tackle at seven, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, Patrick Paul, I thought, did some good things as well. As far as interior guys, um, a couple of guys I have my eye on. Again, the aforementioned Bo uh, Lehman. Lemur from uh, Arkansas. I thought I liked him, even though he had that one rep with Tavondre Sweat, but Tavondre Sweat made a lot of guys look bad. Um, another guy that I thought uh, was impressive was Christian Haynes, uh, guard out of UConn. Uh, I thought was very impressive as well. I thought he um, definitely held his own on the inside. I definitely did like him. Uh, some as well, and I just thought that he might be a good guy that could be, you know, either a center or a uh, a guard. He could play either left or right guard. I think that's what he could do, either left or right guard. You know, you could definitely have some depth uh, with him there. So those are some of the looks and some of my standouts. Oh, I forgot to mention Tanner Bortolini uh, from Wisconsin as well. Uh, so those are a couple of guys that I thought stood out to me as far as um, at the Senior Bowl, a running back that I wanted to mention, Rasheen Ali, I believe he is from um, Marshall. Uh, I believe he's from Marshall. I thought was a uh, a very impressive player. And I believe that was a receiver by the name of Rosemary Jackson. Jackson. Uh, from Georgia that I thought did a couple of good things as well. Another cornerback, uh, Abrams Drain uh, from Missouri. Uh, Javon Foster was another tackle from Missouri that um, did a couple of nice things as well. So those are a few of my standouts from uh, the Senior Bowl that I thought were very impressive to me uh, and everything. We're definitely going to be paying attention as the combine uh, gets closer as well. In, um, in Indianapolis, and so uh, I am definitely looking forward to that, seeing how some of these guys run and how some of these guys, um, you know, definitely do their thing. So I am definitely looking forward uh, to that as um, I believe the scouting combine will start February 29th through March 3rd. So later on this month, we're about 22 days away uh, from the combine. And that's going to be a pretty big deal uh, for a lot of these players there. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, like I said, glad we got Keon in here. We got bottom tier collector uh, coming on in, tightened up indeed. Thank you, everybody. Make sure y'all go ahead and share this show out and let everybody else know. I, was, I know I was a little late uh, putting all of this together. But, hey, you know, I'm going to put out a show and we'll spread it out uh, a different way. Um, I was in Facebook jail for uh, a few days last week, but uh, I've since been uh, released on good behavior. <coughs> Excuse me. But let's keep moving forward. As everybody knows, the Tennessee Titans, seventh in the draft right now. And um, there's quite a few options that the Tennessee Titans could go because we all kept thinking they had to pick a left tackle. <gasps> mm, excuse me. Ah, excuse me. 
Got to make sure um, I don't have no hiccups or nothing like that. But seventh in the draft order in the draft, and we all would assume the Tennessee Titans had to pick a left tackle, right? Like, that had to be the pick. Left tackle. This offensive line was horrible and needs a whole lot of help. Well, now a couple of things that have happened that could possibly change that a little bit. One is the hiring of Brian Callahan. And, you know, in one of his interviews, he said, look, I prefer the premium touchdown playmaker over a non-touchdown maker. So he's like, basically with Brian Callahan, he's thinking, I might I might want the, the big-time scoring receiver over the offensive lineman. And so I know a lot of people have been asked, you know, hey, with Callahan under the helm at seven, what do you do? Do you take the wide receiver or do you take the left tackle? And a lot of people have said left tackle over the receiver. Even though Callahan was in the room when they decided instead of Panay Sewell, they took Jamar Chase. You know, uh, they took Jamar Chase instead. Which, I mean, for Cincinnati, that ended up being a good decision. But also for Detroit, taking Panay Sewell helped them out too. And so, you know, Cincinnati wasn't in the playoffs. Detroit pretty much had a shot at getting in the Super Bowl until they blew the NFC Championship game. So, um, you know, you definitely got to look at that. And so there's been some debate now as far as, which way do the Tennessee Titans go? Do they go with a Joe Alt or Olufashanu at um at left tackle? Or do you possibly look at Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunzier at wide receiver? And then there is one other option. What about Brock Bowers, the big time tight end out of Georgia? Because uh, according to Chris Sims of Pro Football Talk, Brock Bowers has basically come out publicly and said, I want to play for the Tennessee Titans. Now, again, this could be just saying, hey, Brock Bowers could basically go anywhere and say, I want to play for the L.A. Chargers. I want to play for the New York Giants. He could go out and tell anybody what team he wants to play for. But obviously, it's a pretty big deal that just say that it's coming out that he's saying, I want to play for the Tennessee Titans. Now, I haven't really read much into that. Um, you know, I see, I saw a little bit of the tweets uh, in regards to that. And I'm trying to kind of see if I can find out maybe why he's mentioned that. Um, I'm trying to pull up the article now. And, um, you know, Brock Bowers was at the Super Bowl talking to Chris Sims and Mike Florio. He said, I will be all right going to the Tennessee Titans. I liked it down there in the Georgia-Tennessee area. I thought it was uh, a cool, a cool spot to be. Um, so basically saying, you know, from, you know, his time playing against, you know, the Vols and things like that, he likes Nashville. Um, so I, um, 
And so that makes me bring up this question. We got a triple threat match here. If you had to pick at seven right now, which way are you going? Are you going wide receiver, Malik Neighbors, or Roma Duzier? And I am assuming that Marvin Harrison Jr. is off the board at this point. Now, Marvin Harrison, that if by some miracle, Marvin Harrison Jr. is there at seven, all bets are off. You're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at seven. I don't give a care who's there. All Joe Alt, Brock Bowers, Roma Duzier, Olu, all of them could be available at seven. And if 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 Marvin Harrison Jr. is there at seven, I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr. a hundred times out of a hundred. No questions asked. We'll fix the offensive line in the later rounds. I'm taking I'm taking Maserati Marv, and that is an easy decision. But 99.9999999991%, he's probably gone by then. Or you're going to have to trade up to do it. Bottom tier says, I am a Joe All or Malik Neighbors apologist for our draft. JS75 says, we better not draft the tight end at seven unless there's no players to get. Clue Man says, Dillard got White Castle. Crystal is better than White Castle. Bottom tier says, I don't know how you watch a team with a receiving core and an offensive line that this historically bad and want Brock Bowers. And so I know more of you are going to comment on this. Here is my philosophy. Here's my thought, at least as of today, February 7th at 6, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm going Joe Alt all the way. I'm going with Joe Alt at seven. Now, if Joe Alt is at seven, I'm taking Joe Alt. Now, if Joe Alt is off the board and Malik Neighbors is there, then I'm taking Malik Neighbors over Roma Dunzier and Olufashanu and Brock Bowers. Now, the best and probably most difficult scenario is if Brock, is if Joe Alt and Malik Neighbors are both there at seven. If they're both there at seven, that is a fun yet very, very difficult discussion the Tennessee Titans are going to have for that 10 minutes. Because... You could go either way, and I think either way you would still be okay. If both of them are on the board, I'm not going to be mad at either choice. I would probably say I would slightly lean towards Joe Alt, but if they picked up elite neighbors, I'm good with that because DeAndre Hopkins has one more year. He'll basically be passing the torch to Burks and Neighbors. If Neighbors does what we think he could do, he would be our number one. Burks maybe could get revived and be number two. So I would say all Neighbors are 1A, 1B. If if Neighbors is on the board and Alt is off, I'm taking Neighbors. If Neighbors is off the board and Alt's on the board, I'm taking Alt. 
if both are on the board, I'm leaning towards Alt, but I'm not going to be mad if they pick Neighbor. Now, if both of them are off the board, if Alt and Neighbors are off the board, I'm going to trade back. I'm going to trade back a few spots, maybe no more further than, say, 10. Unless somebody is very desperate for a quarterback. Maybe Atlanta. Maybe we switch spots. And maybe they give us an extra second or extra third. We switch spots so they make sure they get the quarterback they want. We get an extra second or an extra third. And then, hey, I'll go ahead and take Rome or Olu and be okay. But I think Brock Bowers would be the very last resort. That is if Olu, Rome, Neighbors, and all are all off the board. Then I'm taking Bowers. So I'm just saying, that's my thought. And Lou Man, why you hating? Why you hating? I think I have a very sound strategy. You should possibly take the best player available. You should definitely take the best player available. But at the same time, I'm either saying Joe Autumn Elite Neighbors. Those are my top two choices. And then, you know, Olu, I would definitely keep there in the back of my mind because, hey, you still need a left tackle. So that's just my decision right then and there. Brock Bowers, I think, would be my last result would be my last choice. I would not, I would definitely not go Brock Bowers at seven. I would trade back tremendously if I had to consider Brock Bowers. I would trade back with like a Denver or Minnesota. If they need a quarterback, I'd trade back with them and then I might take a Brock Bowers at like 11 or 12 or 13, and I could get a second and a third, especially if it's for a quarterback, I would try to get a second, a third, maybe even next year's one for that. If they're wanting a quarterback, you're getting an extra one next year as well. So that's just my thought going into this. Bottom tier says Brock Bowers in the second all day. Now, Brock Bowers is in the second round. You might could talk to me about that one. Mike could talk to me about it. So that's just kind of how I feel. I would probably lean more towards the offensive lineman, Joe Alt or Olu Fashanu. But I would pop I would say definitely Joe Alt, then Malik Neighbors, then maybe Olu and Rome. Now, Olu and Rome, I could kind of go back and forth. But that first one, all or, Mal or Malik Neighbors is it. But in, in the midst of all of this, there's a big game coming up on Sunday. The big game itself, 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl 58 in Vegas. Uh, in Vegas, in Sin City, and um, – it's a big game. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of memes and tweets with, um, the Chiefs getting to practice at the Raiders facility, whereas the 49ers are practicing at UNLV's uh facility, 
And um, they're two very different looks as far as practice facilities. Like the 49ers are practicing on a college campus. And, you know, UNLV ain't exactly, you know, a power five, you know, a uh, a power five conf- conference player right now. They're like in the Mountain West. They're not in the SEC Big 12 or anything like that. So their facilities, probably not as great as, say, the Raiders facility where the Chiefs are practicing. So, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I think the 49ers kind of got did dirty on the picks there. But this is going to be a very uh, fun game, a very interesting game. I'm reading a couple more comments. Mario says, I'm sorry, but you cannot. And I mean, do and I, <laughs> he said, I'm sorry, but you cannot. And I do mean cannot pick a tight end that high in the draft. That's crazy. Bottom tier follows up, says the people here tonight are a smart bunch. With Josh Wiley and Oconquo on the roster, Brock Powers would be a total waste. JS85 says defense wins championships. I got the 49ers winning 23-17. UNLV still FBS group of five. Yes, they're an FBS group of five, but they're not in the power five. They're not in the SEC, Big Ten, ACC. Well, used to be the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Pac-12 is practically dead right now, and I don't know how they're going to fix it. So this is going to be a very interesting game. You got, you know, the Chiefs in their fourth Super Bowl in five years going up against Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, and the 49ers who have gotten back. And, you know, this is, I want to say, the second time I want to say in four years that the uh, the 49ers and Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl together. Uh, because the last time, I believe, was 2020. Uh, I'm trying to see when the last uh, Super Bowl uh, was between these two. It was not that long ago that these two teams were in the Super Bowl before. And that was back, um, yeah, let me see. Yeah, that was 2020. That was 2020, I believe, Super Bowl 55. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm off. Super Bowl 54, that's what it was. Super Bowl 54, so just less than four years ago, back in 2020, right before COVID hit, 49ers Chiefs played in the Super Bowl. Chiefs won 31-20. And so for the second time in less than five years, Chiefs 49ers in the Super Bowl again. So what's going to happen? Is Patrick Mahomes going to win his third Super Bowl title? Or will the Cinderella story of Brock Purdy, who was picked last in the draft, become a hero and win a championship? There are a lot of variables to all of this. You got on one side, you got Christian McCaffrey, one of the better running backs in the league, can do it all. You got Brandon Ayuk, who's coming into his own. You got Debo Samuel, 
on one side. Then on the defense, you got that very good defense with Joey Boat, with Nick Bosa. You got uh Fred Warner. And um, you know, you got that uh Dre Greenlaw and that defense, which is very, very good. I mean, coming back, they were down 24 to 7 to the Detroit Lions. Detroit had a chance to blow them out, and they didn't. And came back and took care of business and won. Then on the other side, you got Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Can he do it with less weapons? A guy like Rasheed Rice has started to show up for Patrick Mahomes. You know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a big catch. They did some good things against uh, Baltimore when Baltimore had a chance to finish them, and they didn't finish the job. And then, of course, you have the media darlings or darlings, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Now, Travis Kelsey already got the pressure of the big game. And now, of course, rumor had come out that if, you know, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, he's going to pop the question to Taylor Swift, which I'm about iffy if that's going to happen. I mean, if they do that, that's probably for TV purposes. I don't know if those two will really get married, but I mean, the thing that kind of has me thinking that this might be serious was when they won the AFC Championship, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift share a kiss. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and talk so much about Taylor Swift or anything because I will go over under how many times they're going to show Taylor Swift on the screen. I will put the over under at about two and a half, and I'm going to take the over. Because it seems every time Travis Kelsey makes a play, they show Taylor Swift. Every time. And obviously, Taylor Swift has been in the ear of Mama Kelsey, kind of trying to earn grounding points with the mobs and everything. So it's like Mama Kelsey might be set because you got you got a rich son. You got two rich sons who have played football, one who recently retired from the Eagles and another who's about to play in another Super Bowl who could possibly be marrying one of the richest and most successful music artists in history in Taylor Swift. She ain't going to want for nothing. And that is crazy. So, but again, back to the game itself. Get my homes a receiver so fantasy is easier for everyone. Ah, that is probably good. Uh, let's see. JS85 says 49 is gonna take the blueprint to beat the Chiefs when the Bucks beat the snot out of the Chiefs a couple of years ago. That very well could be the formula. Um, uh, that could very well be the formula that um uh, you definitely do that. Um uh, You know, as far as I'm concerned. But. But, I mean, here's the thing about it. 
tightening to beg Jason Kelsey out of retirement. Wouldn't hurt to ask. Maybe. But in this game, I'm going to make this quick because I don't want to be talking y'all heads off about no Taylor Swift. Forget all that. The Chiefs are a two-point underdog in this game. Why am I feeling like I think the Chiefs are going to win? You know, so... um, I honestly think... I'm going with the Chiefs because I find it very, very difficult to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I might take the Chiefs plus two. Now, the over-under, I believe, is 47-and-a-half. I believe it's 47-and-a-half. So, I might take the over on that. I thought about taking the under. But I think some points are going to be scored in this game. I think I'm going to take the over because the Chiefs can score on anybody. And so I think I think the Chiefs are going to win, and I think it's going to go over 47 and a half. And uh, I'm taking the Chiefs to win. I'm going. I'm going 31-24. I, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think the Chiefs are going to win 31-24, and win the Super Bowl. And I think the Super Bowl MVP. I would say it should be Patrick Mahomes again, but I can see it either being Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, um, maybe a Rasheed Rice or uh, a Marquez Valdez Scantling. So I can see one of them getting MVP. I may put maybe a couple of dollars on each of them. Uh, so that might be something that I do, but I do think. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. And I'm already going to two Super Bowl parties on Sunday and maybe going to an after party after that. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun game and uh, and everything. But I think the Chiefs are going to win. But let's get out of here on this blue bombshell. And I'm going to tell you all about the halftime show, because I know there's a lot of people that's really looking forward to the Usher halftime show. Here's my thing. I am more into the game itself. I'm not really caring to, you know, do the halftime show. I don't really just have to be all into that, but... You know, if I catch a little bit of Usher, you know, doing some classics, okay, that that's fine. You know, Usher ain't Usher is not Rihanna. Usher is not Katy Perry or Taylor Swift. Where I'm like, all right, I can go get me some food, or uh, I ain't gonna give me some food, get some drink, talk to somebody, or uh, anything like that. So, Usher is a guy that I think I could maybe catch a little bit of the performance and be okay. You know, anything like if it was Beyonce, I'm like, I'm getting up from the TV and I'm going to go do something else until the third quarter starts. Usher, I'm like, I could get down with that. 
I'm not saying I have to see the halftime show, but if I do, if I see it, I'm okay. Like, Dre, Snoop, Eminem, that halftime show in L.A., oh, I had to see that. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm an N.W.A. fan, so I can get down with that. And so I've already got my strategy put out. Um, one of my ma my manager at my job has invited me to a Super Bowl party, so I think the thing I'm gonna do go to his party first for the first half. I'm gonna get there before kickoff. I'm gonna get there before kickoff, and um, make sure I have my butt in my seat. Uh, before the uh game starts, so he said 5 p.m. I'm going to be there at 5 p.m. I'm going to be there. And then with about maybe, maybe at about the two-minute warning, depending on what the score is, maybe at about the two-minute mark, I'm going to go ahead to my other party with my frat brothers. I'm going to head to the other party and get there. I might be in the middle of the halftime show because, of course, they're going to show a lot of commercials because they're going to want to get those commercials out, which helps me on time. Bottom just said, I don't care about the halftime show, but it is cool. One of my favorite artists does it. That's true. So what about maybe two, three minutes to go? I'm going to head to the other party. So that way I'm there for the second half of the sh of the game. So I can watch the second half with my frat brothers and my people. So I'm going to do that. And then once that is over, I might go hit me an after party because I know there's going to be some Super Bowl after parties in town. I'm going to hit one. So that's my strategy when it comes to the Super Bowl. Time is going to be of the essence, and I get this feeling it may not work in my favor, but, hey, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. That much is a fact. So, other than that, I think that's going to just about do it uh, for tonight's edition of TNT Tonight. And so, um, you know, coming up, uh, I'm probably going to be away maybe for the next, uh, for the next couple of weeks. Um, not uh, saying that I won't do anything. I may do, I will probably do a few shorts or anything like that, or maybe something for like a few minutes if there's some news that break out. But of course, I'm going to be definitely doing my homework on the draft as we get closer to the combine. I'm definitely going to be doing some work and uh, definitely doing some um, working on trying to make this show better and make this show pop even more uh, to everybody, and, you know, and gain more because right now, um, I need y'all help. I am close. I am about 87 uh, people away from 1,500 subscribers. Uh, I have definitely been doing that. Of course, super chats are definitely appreciated. Um, you know, I'm definitely close to 1,500. I want 2,000 by the start of next season. So help me get to that point. Definitely spread this show out. Let everybody know where they can find me. Everybody, please like the show. And if you're uh, new to the channel, go ahead and subscribe to the channel as well. Ring that bell. And I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in to TNT tonight. I'm your man, Blue Enforcer, a.k.a. The Truth. 
And y'all know what we got. You know what I'm going to say? We're going to enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. But at the end of the day, we're going to tighten up because that's all we know how to do. Good night, y'all. Enjoy the big game. Tighten up. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.